Welcome to the Elevated Podcast. I'm Amy Van Slambrick, former corporate executive turned therapist and coach to high profile women and couple entrepreneurs. And we are going to have the conversations you've always wanted to have with the people you have always wanted to know. We are going to bring your life, your faith, your business, and most of all, your relationships to an elevated level through conversations you've never heard before. Tune in and stay with us because it's about to get really, really elevated. Welcome. I'm Amy Van Slambrook. I have had the blessing of being a psychotherapist and coach for over 20 years being that safe space for leaders who need a place where they can just exhale and be led. And I am so incredibly excited about the couple who I have with me today. They are someone who exemplifies a joyful and authentic and a really surrendered love for one another in their 24 years together. Um, they are now partners, not only in life and parenthood, but also in business. And I am so excited to bring you Jennifer and Jason Allwood today. Thank you so much for being here. Amy, well, thank yeah. you. Thank, thank, thank you, you for so having much. us. We're excited. Uh, this is fun. Well, I you don't get to do it like interviews together very often. So this is fun. I no. love it. That's often the reaction I get from couples. And I think we need to do more of these because yeah. it's so incredible. And one of the things I like to do is have couples introduce each other. So Jason, mm. would you introduce your beautiful wife to us? Mm. And Jennifer, then I will ask you to introduce your husband um, as well. Okay. This is my beautiful wife, Jennifer. She is the owner and the face of uh, Jennifer Allwood. We have been together for 27 years, married for mm -hmm. 24. Um, we have uh, four amazing children, um, three that are biological, one that came to live with us about four years ago. Mm -hmm. um, what else can I say about you? I that you're know. awesome, that you're beautiful. Yeah, say more things like yeah. that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Most days. <laughs> Most days, every day. Most days. Awesome. That's Thanks wonderful. Introduction. Yeah. And I get to introduce him. No drum roll. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So this is my husband, Jason Allwood, who, like um, Jason said, we've I've been married to you a long, long time. Um, and so Jason is the CFO uh, of my coaching business, um, has also just started in the last few months um, his own business called Fairway Finest, which is a luxury line of golf apparel for men um, that will hopefully be up next 90 days. Um, yeah, so the Fairway Finest brand will hopefully be ready for uh, orders by then. Um, Jason came home from corporate America about four years ago to help me on the business. So his background was in sales, um, marketing, and management. And so those are all great things that I get to like pull from his knowledge on because that is not my background. Mm -hmm. um, so that comes in really handy for all of the things, you know, that uh, we deal with in business on a daily basis, which, you know, is numbers and people and all of the things. So, yeah. Oh, I love it. 
I love it. And there's so much more. So you don't want to miss um, their their bios, both of them. And Jennifer is also a best-selling author of Fear is Not the Boss of You and another book that is about to be birthed into the world. Yes, Jennifer? Yeah, it actually launched, um, I think, three weeks ago. It is called Get Unstuck and Stay Unstuck. Um, there's one right there. Yeah, we've got a party here for a program in just a, a little bit this afternoon. So I've got it covered right now with some party paraphernalia, but it is on Amazon. It's called Get Unstuck and Stay Unstuck. And it's the interactive journal that goes with Fear is Not the Boss of You. I love it. I love it. Fear is Not the Boss of You was literally my my 2020 favorite book of the year. And uh, I just absolutely love it. So I know that where you are today may not have been where you expected to be, where you stood at the altar together 24 years ago. Um, And... And I, to say that it, it wasn't a, a straight line from A to B would be an understatement, but I know that the Lord has taken you on a great adventure together. So could you share a bit about your journey to this place in life um, in terms of how you have bonded as a couple, how you started out and what you envisioned for the future? And then we'll get into more details in our conversation. Sure. You want to start? Go back to the first year. Yeah, we had. I mean, a, that's where that's where it all started, right? Yeah, we had a we had a rough first year of marriage, Jamie. So <laughs> the uh, the first year was supposed to be, you know, is that is that best year that phase, the honeymoon yeah. phase and everything like that. And we had the honeymoon phase, but it uh, it quickly morphed into the reality yeah. of, of two really broken, selfish people. Yeah, would you say that trying that's to it. come together? To come well. together yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we were actually separated for twenty four days, twenty five days, something like that um in that first year in that marriage, first year yeah. of marriage where we decided if we were going to stay married we were going to have a couple of things um we we're going to go to church we we're going to get counseling mm-hmm. and um that was it that was really well yeah, yeah. those are two big things and um that i had never went to church so i had no idea what it was like she grew up um she got saved when she was 18 so she knew it i did not so it was a uh, all it's all greek to me it was all different to me so but we got through it. We got through the counseling and um, 24 years later, marriage, we're still, we're still yeah. here. Yeah. And so I don't think we planned on being entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that certainly wasn't something, I don't know what we anticipated, but we both worked like normal nine to five jobs yeah. when we got married. And so um, I was the first one to leave corporate America only because they let me go. <laughs> so it was back in um, the year 2000. And so I'd been playing with the idea of, well, just of painting on the side. And Mm -hmm. I remember I came to Jason, we had gone to a home show in Kansas city, like where they sell gutters and snowblowers and stuff. And there was these people, do you remember that home show we were at? Yeah. Yeah, Okay. They had like this booth in between the gutters and the sheets. Um, Yeah. A Friday night. It was was a Friday night. Friday Mm -hmm. night. We had went down to the home show just to look at different decorations and decor and stuff like that. We were we were even building a house yet. We were still. No, I think we were just dreaming. We were broke, so we weren't building anything. (laughs) (laughs) But these people had this like painting booth full of beautiful like you know poster boards with paint on them and how you could do your walls and things. And um, I had bought my first home when I was 21, and so you know I I liked the idea of having really nice things, but we've always joked that it was a champagne taste on a Budweiser budget. And so you know we had to DIY everything. And Jason and I got married. We shared the home together, and so. Um, we learned how to kind of get handy in yeah. those early years just because we couldn't afford to hire it. And so when I saw these people that were teaching others how to like crackle their walls or make their cabinets a certain way, I told him, um, you know, I'd love to go to like a weekend painting class. And, and Jason has always been, I mean, you rarely tell me no. 
I was thinking about that the other well, day. You, you don't tell me no a lot on stuff. So we kind of, we kind of. I remember when I wanted to buy the last house before this one, and I wanted to buy several houses that had a two-car garage, and you did tell me no on that. Yeah. Because you were adamant we have a three-car garage because we, we had so many kids. We, we knew we'd be having a lot of cars. <laughs> but I was thinking, that's really the only time he ever tells me no. So I went to this painting school, came back, told you I wanted to start a painting company, even though yeah. I was just getting ready to graduate from college. I was 30 at the time with a degree in computers. And um, thank God you said, absolutely, go for it. So started the painting company, then got laid off from the day job. We have a we hustled, though, for we had a lot of evenings and a lot of weekends yeah, you and a lot, a of, ton of, a lot of stuff of that company. we just did together. And we just, mm. I don't know, boom. We just like each other. So we just yeah. did it, you know? Yeah, yeah we, we like each other. So it was fun. And then, um, so then I never went back to a corporate job because that business took mm-hmm. off so well. And, but we did when we started having children really agree on me being physically home with the kids while mm-hmm. Jason was working. But I didn't, I didn't want to give up that painting business because it was doing so well. So I found people to go out and paint for me. And I would take the kids with me to job sites and, you know, um, check on things. And so Jason was a huge supporter of that, but I was really trying to support him working his way up through, you know, what he was doing in the food sales industry. And you were an incredible salesperson, got tons of awards. I don't think it was ever on your radar to actually quit that. Was to quit? No, I, I liked what I did. Um, and until business got to the point where when my wife came to me and said it was October mm. on our, on our mm. anniversary, and you said, I need you to come home. I like, I'm like drowning here, <laughs> but we had just moved like, into this house. Yeah, We moved in this house and, and we were, it was just busy. We were remodeling this house and she was busy doing, you know, she had transitioned from that time from the painting to the coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, the coaching had hit a million dollars a just year taken yeah. off. And uh, she said, I need you to come home. And I was like, yeah, I don't know and, what that looks like. And do what? Like, what do you, what do you mean to do? Like, I, like, what are you like, doing at that, home like, all day? Like, what does that mean? Um, so we had to talk about it. And at the time I felt very, um, I, I was, I had a, I had a, I had a good job. I liked my job. And I also had some, some, not reservations, I guess, but some, just some people that I thought I could need to take care of. So I didn't leave corporate America until April that year, yeah. the following year. <laughs> Um, we talked about it in, in October. We needed we didn't have a date, and we I have ended up leaving in, in April. So, wow, yeah, four, four of, years ago, yeah, yeah, four years ago. And so we took some time initially to figure out what that looked like because I was drowning in house stuff, taking care of the kids' stuff. He was used to being out of the house mm. probably fifty hours a week. I would say, yeah, I think and the first so week I sent you I sent you flowers. You did send me flowers with a note that I kept that said, "I had no idea what you go through every day. You are superwoman." <laughs> I owe you a background and I'm thinking, and you sure do. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But you know, it's great. It's, it's a really good perspective. Anytime one spouse steps out and you have to take every, take care of everything, you know, yourself, whether he goes on a golf trip or whatever, Mm -hmm. it does just give you a real appreciation for what the other spouse does that we maybe take for granted, or we just don't see on a day-to-day basis. So um, I really wasn't snapping. I mean, maybe on the inside, but it was just nice to feel validated that I had built a business while taking care of all the other things at the same time. And, you know, I have always told people that I, I just feel like I've always looked at our marriage as we are a team. 
-hmm. And so, you know, for a long while in the marriage, Jason was the one out on like the basketball court playing. He was out, he was the star player. He was in the front, he was forward facing. And I was kind of in the background, um, supporting him, cheering him on, taking care of the things at home, taking care of the kids. And then there just came a time when we kind of shifted that for a little while, only because it's what made sense. So I'm kind of more forward facing now and the one that's in playing, but I couldn't do it without, you know, him taking care of the other things in the business, him taking care of uh, calming me down when business is off the rails and him taking care of a lot of the things at home. And so Mm -hmm. it works really well for us. It hasn't been without challenges, but I think we've settled in after four years and do a pretty good rhythm. Oh, Wow. A long answer. <laughs> well, I love it. I love it because, you know, what often doesn't get discussed very openly are, are two things that seem to be really common threads for both of you. A, we don't talk about the complexity of marriage. We kind of think it's innate. And when I work with couples and even when they're in their first year and they're like, whoa, what, what just happened? I said, well, while the first year of marriage is, you know, wonderful and there's a honeymoon period, it's also all about reality. And it is one of the toughest years of marriage to get through. That was my experience, you know, when I was married and, and I've heard it from you and so many others, you know, when you're in it, um, there is nothing innate about it. Um, rarely is there a marriage class that really addresses what needs to be addressed. And also the complexity of, what life is like behind the scenes with entrepreneurship, you know, that level of success, that scaling that you went through while raising a family and all of the moving pieces that put together the image that is front facing are really incredible. But the fact that you had room for both of each other in that you had space for the other to expand and be appreciated and liked rather than diminished is really, really incredible to me, you know, and, and that takes surrender and intention. And as you said, liking each other to the point that you really are the safest space for each other. Well, and yeah, I thank you so much for that. That, and that doesn't mean that there weren't plenty of days where there were tears by me or, (laughs) or words by both of us, or, you know, because it wasn't like Jason came home from corporate America and we were like, oh, we know how to do this. It was kind of similar to like the first year of marriage. It sounds good on paper and you only show people a version of it, of course, on social media, but we were both trying to deal with, okay, what does this look like? I've, you know, it's been kind of my business all the time and it's like grown, it's Mm -hmm. outgrown me now to where I can't do it, just me. So then where does he fit into that? And where does his decisions fit into that when I've been used to making the decisions and how do I honor him as leader of the home um, when I've been the leader of the business. And so now are we co-leading or is it just me leading? And and so there was all those dynamics. And then there was a lot of corporate stuff that I wanted to bring into, you know, with accounting and payroll and stuff Uh like that. And you're like, why can't I just write a check out of the, why can't I just write checks like I always have out of my check? Pay out of PayPal. That's what I do. Pay it out of PayPal. Ah. And so all of that was, was hard. It was hard to get situated because I had done it a certain way for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then it was a combination of the business exploded, the coaching business exploded. And then Jason came into the coaching business. So both of those things felt like outside of what I knew, you know, I I don't know how to run a multi-million dollar a year organization. I also don't know how to work with my husband inside of that organization, Mm -hmm. because I think you and I are very conscious of the fact that a lot of people who are in our positions with forward facing females, 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's just a lot, I think of, um, things that can go wrong. And we've seen that. Um, yeah. And so it, it tends to sometimes plant the seed of fear. And I, it, and we're, it's not that we're giving that any life, but I just want to mm-hmm. be really conscious of the fact that um, I'm always honorable to Jason because I couldn't be forward facing the business if it wasn't for him. And if it wasn't for his support, I would never have even grown this thing in the first place. And so, but we're also just very mindful of the fact that um, it is like a weird Weird's probably not the right word. We just always want to be super sensitive to each other's needs. For instance, I'm a complete introvert. He's a complete extrovert. So for me, Amy, I love just being home, you know, in my yoga pants, um, you know, because it's business on the top and party on the bottom (laughs) every day. But for him, it's like, uh, oh, he hates just not having people. And so we've had to be really intentional about how do we get him out during the day? How do we still make sure he's talking to plenty of people? I can let you speak I to that. The grocery store he goes to the grocery store a lot. They all know me by name. Because um, otherwise it can be lonely doing a business, you know, yes. from home and online. And so I think we've gotten a lot better at making sure we're intentional about those things. Yeah, we have. We have. Mm-hmm. I also think too, though, that, I mean, because of our personalities too, that she didn't want to give up a lot of control in the beginning just because she had ran it for so long. So it was, it was hard too. That was, That's I mean, really it was, hard. well, it was some hard conversations. Yeah, and it wasn't just control to you, no, no, it was no, control no, to yeah, everybody it's, on the it's, team. Yeah, yeah, it's everything. I mean, it's because, because you built it. So it's you, mm-hmm. there's ownership of it. There's, and that's understandable. So we had a lot and of that was just ego too. That was just my ego, you know, coming into play, but we, we, I think we waited through yeah. the worst of that. Four years, four years later now, <laughs> yeah. I think we've, I think we've gotten through all the, the bad stuff. I think so. Yeah. Now we're, we're, we're hopeful. Now we're just paddling. Now we're just paddling hard in the same Yeah. Way. And it's impossible to know ahead of time what areas are going to be areas of of challenge and resistance, right? And where am I gripping onto things? And I don't know, it's going to be hard to let go of until somebody tries to take it from me, you know, or I hand it off to somebody and having grace for each other. And, and my next question is really about something I see so many couples who are doing business and life together struggle with, and that is the boundaries, you know, to maintain that romance and that intimacy that is so critical to marriage and um, that we may not talk enough about in Christian circles that I think is absolutely essential in the way God designed marriage. How do you keep the balance of the boundaries between the, the business side of things between the two of you and the bond of, hey, we're also a, a man and a woman who are very much in love and, and want to keep that personal side of your relationship alive as well. <laughs> I'm like, who's going to go first? Well, um, I'll let you go first. We have a lot of kids. We have a lot of kids. They're, okay. they're gone during the day, Amy. They're, they're gone during the <laughs> day. We're not too mad about that some days. But some days, <laughs> yes. but I mean, but so, but so we also understand though that, I mean, like she does a lot of meetings. So she'll have like Mondays is usually jam packed full of meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fridays is not. So Fridays is kind of, we take time for ourselves that day. Like mm-hmm. she'll go get a massage. I might I play golf. golf. I, I call it mandatory golf Friday. Mm-hmm. Right. So that'll give me four hours outside the house to go just be guys. outside yep. and hang with the guys. She gets a massage. That's her yep. relax. Or she'll go have lunch with the girlfriend or she'll do, you know, stuff like that. Most of the time it's massage. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. Um, if they're not in meetings, and um, if there's not a lot of stuff going on there, we try to have lunch together or I try to make her lunch or we have somebody here a couple days a week to help out and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But there are times that um, we can just uh, sneak off. We go to walks. 
together sit in the living room yeah, yeah and look each other and talk to each other stuff like that and i think that also even though we're in the same room together um we're not talking about business necessarily yeah um we're just being together yeah. um and the intimacy comes because we're because we are together mm -hmm. i think that it just helps us our relationship stay together yeah, yeah. i mean it's not like we're not i don't know it's it's um we're together but we're not always together when we're in the same room but just as long as we're in the same space with each other yeah you know, we're not necessarily yeah. having conversations that's what introverts that's yeah. what us introverts love yes we do <laughs> you don't have to talk yeah, she doesn't just want to talk yeah, yes, that's it. But <laughs> if I have a hand on her, on her, on her, on her foot or leg or arm, whatever else, then she at least knows I'm, yep. I'm there. Then you're and, present. and that's fine. And I'm good. And my love yep. bucket's getting full with yep. no words. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Um, and so we don't have any boundaries. Like we don't talk about kids or business after hours. We don't right. do any of that. Or we don't talk about kids or boundaries on date nights. We don't do that either because it's stuff that we both enjoy. And so why wouldn't we talk about the things we enjoy when we are enjoying each other, you know, outside of, um, you know, home time. And so, um, so when we do get to go out on a date, you know, it's, it's, I know there's some people that say, don't ever talk about your kids when you're out on a date. Well, why not? I mean, we love our children yeah. and it's yeah. fun to have, because when else are we going to talk about them? You know, I mean, uh, not when they're home. Um, and so we do a really good job, I think, of vacationing without our children mm -hmm. once or twice a year. Mm -hmm. uh, we are super intentional about that when we were younger and just didn't have the financial ability to do that. We didn't, but it is way more of a priority now. Well, our kids are getting older too. And they yeah. always want to hang out with us. I mean, right. We don't always want to hang out with That's them. Good. Not kidding. We love our kids. <laughs> we love them. But, um, but yeah, you know, I think everything is just so seasonal, Amy. And so mm -hmm. for a season in that season, an old season, we couldn't leave our kids. And we had three toddlers, three under the age of six, and, you know, we didn't have any money and we're just in a completely different season now. And so, yeah. um, but it's also a season where we need to keep investing in one another because we've got friends who, you know, their children are all leaving and they're becoming empty nesters. I don't think we're ever going to be empty nesters. Have we officially <laughs> decided that? Well, since considering our youngest one is eight, considering she'll graduate, she's seven, but that, but close. Well, yeah, yes. So she tells yeah. us she's, she's, all, 30, the, she's all the time, Yeah, but we'll be 62 when she graduates high school. So then we'll have grandkids. I'm sure by the yeah. oldest three, but, um, I don't even remember where I was going with that. But, but, we'll be empty ever. but the thing about the nesters is what we've realized is and oh, yeah. talking about, and with, and there's some very close personal friends of ours that are, they're going through this right now. Unfortunately, there is, there's some definite, Adjustments adjustment have to, to happen yeah. because they are becoming empty nesters and have to learn each other all over again and 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 figure out and things, figure that, out things that they've already yeah. you know went through twenty years ago and they got married but now they're now becoming empty nesters so yeah yeah it's um I don't know it's good yeah it's good it's good for us I mean I, I don't know about them but it's it's good for us because we won't be empty nesters and we we like each other and yeah. we want to yeah. enjoy each other yeah. and we're here together all the time too so. so. Yeah. And that's what I hear. You know, there are there are times when we go through the race of life and we're we're loosely tied, you know, mm -hmm. but our lives are despaired enough that we don't keep in that space of being best friends. And what I'm hearing is that you've along the race together, um, you really have stayed um, next to one another, too, you know, in the way you are with each other emotionally. And, and I know no marriage, no wonderful marriage is perfect. That's what makes a wonderful and deep marriage. It's weathering the seasons. Yes. Um, and so you, you know, you mentioned about the different seasons of your monetary status and yeah. God has blessed you so much. And you, I love, I love your passion because it, it's along the lines of mine about just helping us step into faith and prosperity and understanding the truth about that. 
um, that often get so misconstrued. So as we're winding down our time together, I wondered if you could just share with our listeners how your journey into the level of prosperity, not only that you're feeling financially, but also in your spirits, you know, you don't achieve financial prosperity. I don't believe um, true prosperity when you don't have a spirit that is aligned with that either. And could you just share a bit about your journey there? Because so many people get them twisted. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, there was a time when we just, we were, we were pretty broke. We were living on credit cards broke. We, um, Jason had gotten his real estate license. Um, he had left, you know, the sales uh, industry for a while, got his real estate license. And then like 10 minutes later, the real estate market dropped out, you know, in 2008, 2009. And no, those get, were- Don't no, get financed on a yeah. house. And there was just- yeah. And then I, my painting company worked for so many new construction builders. And so when the real estate market was hit, it hit both of our businesses really hard. So mm-hmm. we lived on credit cards for a hot minute with three small kids. We maxed out a credit card at $30,000. I'll never forget going to the yeah. grocery store and swiping that, hoping that we, you know, it would go through and just, mm-hmm. um, you know, feeling the embarrassment of that. And also just, um, also I, I innately knew that we would not forever be there. And I remember Dave Ramsey had like a 1-800 number. Remember when I called Dave Ramsey one time I was on his radio show, I was boohooing because I'm like, we're so broke. And you know, the real estate market's crap. And do we declare bankruptcy? Do we cash in our 401k and Dave Ramsey and all of his, um, fatherliness. Cause that's really what it was when, yeah. when I needed it was just like, Jennifer, you're an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and this was on his radio show. Don't make any hard decisions. You guys are going to be fine. And for some reason I was like, you know what? I actually believe that. And of course the real estate market shifted and came back. Jason went back into food sales um, and did real estate both for a while. And, you know, so we got ourselves out of debt and mm-hmm. all of the things, but I think that I always knew in my knower that when, when I had the painting company and was painting in all these big, beautiful houses, you know, for CEOs and chiefs players and all of the things, the neighborhood that we live in now was one of the neighborhoods. It was my favorite to paint in with some of the Mm -hmm. prettiest houses. And I just think that God is so good and brings things so full circle so often um, because I always wanted to live in a home like this. I always kind of just knew that I would, it wasn't like, it wasn't a matter of if it was a matter of when. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, it, it's been an interesting journey. And it was after we bought this home that really business exploded. And then you came home from corporate America. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last year we bought a second home in Florida, um, which just feels like a dream come true. But I just see so many of God's people, Amy, just, um, uh, not wanting to talk about money, having really wrong mindsets about money. And I feel like I've done a lot of work personally, just to like get over some of the money mindset things that were maybe passed on to me from the generation before me or from my parents or from, you know, well-meaning people. I think we all have money stories. We tell ourselves, especially inside of the church, because there's so many people that think, you know, money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. It's the love and the idolization of the obsession with money. And they fail to realize that money is just a tool and it's really a tool to, um, to give and to bless and to influence and to impact. And, um, and so even though like I'm more forward facing without, without a shadow of a doubt, my husband is the one that is the more generous, um, in our marriage. He's the one that wants to give. He's the one that sows. He's the one that write checks. He's the one that gives people things. I mean, remember, um, I, he's, he's before he's given people a lawnmower out of our garage. (laughs) One time I came home, I'm like, where's the lawnmower? Somebody needed one. I'm like, well, what are we going to do now? So then we got a lawnmower service. I came home one day, you gave somebody our freezer. 
Yeah. I'm like, what do we, we have no freezer anymore. Um, they needed, it. They needed, <laughs> they needed, a, freezer. They needed a freezer. And so I love that he's like that because that's probably not my like innate nature, that level of generosity, but it's his. So it's just amazing um, to be able to, I think, make the money and then also like watch how God wants to work through us to serve and to bless other people and the impact that I think, you know, that that has had. And, and there's just, um, you know, things like adopting our daughter four years ago. I mean, that sort of thing isn't free. And, you know, there's the cost of adoption and the cost of therapy and the cost of, she came with a bag of things from Walmart. And, you know, there, so just, there's a lot of things that I feel like God would like to have accomplished on this side of heaven. And the majority of them, they take money. And so, you know, money doesn't buy happiness, but poverty doesn't buy anything. It's a Gary V saying that I've always loved. And so um, I think we've just committed ourselves to being open to however much God wants to give through us mm. and just kind of try to live with open hands. Would you agree with that? We, or definitely, that? we definitely live with open hands. I also think that even when we started paying business and everything else, even when we weren't making, you know, even when, when things were tight, mm-hmm. we always, we we're always so still, we always still try to be as generous as we possibly could with whatever we had. Yeah. Um, we never have, I don't think we have ever been the type to clinch on us to the, to the money. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we like to have our, our nest egg and our, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of reserve, but at, there was a point in time we didn't have any of that. And we yeah. were still mm-hmm. invited still people into to our be home generous. and still, yeah. <clears throat> you know, we still did that. Yeah. And even now that things have, have shifted, and, and like Jen said, we, we you know, we, we, we did buy another, another home in Florida. We have the opportunity now to, well, there's people right sitting there right now that mm-hmm. are from, that are from church that we just, you know, told them just to go and have fun. They're almost in a position where we, not where we were years ago, but they had family that just, they know they have three little kids and it's hard mm-hmm. for them to, to travel. And so we're like, go, go stay in our house. <laughs> hey, and, yeah, go stay there. And it just hopefully blesses them. That was such a blessing to us when we couldn't afford to travel. People saying, hey, you know what? We have a house at the lake. Why yeah. don't you just take your kids down there and stay for a week? And that would yeah, be our that, you know, summer and, vacation. And that's, so, a, that's what we're doing now. And our pastors have stayed there and, mm-hmm. and friends and family and stuff like that. And it's just whether we love, we love it, but yeah. we're yeah. glad that people, we're trying other to people get bless to other people with it as well. 1000%. That's why yeah. we bought it. That's right. And that's what it says in second Corinthians, you know, when we give and we're generous, God is always going to make sure that we have more than enough Amen. for our own needs and to give to other people. And you are personifying that, you know, and I know as somebody who's specialized in trauma for a couple of decades too, that that also comes out of a lot of healing because if it's one area, whether somebody is, as amassed millions or not, that fear of scarcity can still exist. Mm-hmm. And you see it in the way they live their lives. And it is um, tragic. And yet when you're living out such a generous heart, no matter what the current balance shows on the books, um, that's true prosperity. Um, and I'm asking each of my guests, if you would actually define prosperity as you see it. So we will close mm-hmm. on that note. Ooh, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Go ahead, baby. Define prosperity. Well, I don't think that prosperity always has to equal money. Monetary value. Yeah. And so, I mean, when I think of being prosperous um, and the Bible talking about prosperity and being prosperous, it feels like almost in at times a synonym for like being blessed and highly favored maybe. Um, And so I think money is part of it. 
Um, but I think prosperity can be in a lot of different areas in the area of health and in, in the areas of relationships and in the areas of finances. So um, I would think prosperity is maybe having more than enough, um, more than you need. Mm. Would that be a good way to define that? There's probably no right answer, is there? No, there's not. And I think yeah. it just, it's a beautiful, I see it as kind of this huge, beautiful mosaic of all of these different ways of seeing prosperity. So that's beautiful. I love that. How about for you, Jason? I think the prosperity has just been, um, how I would see it was just the blessings that we've been instilled in us with it, with, I mean, with going through the marriage problems we went through and being on the other side of that now, um, that's very prosperous to us. God's having, yeah. uh, he's given us a lot of grace and, and, and prosperity at that. And, you know, being able to raise um, our three children now, now our fourth child, being able to raise them, um, with not with, at the time with the three of them that, that were raised had a mom there, but the other one has a mom and a, and a dad here, yeah. um, every day. So I think that mm-hmm. is, that is huge. Yeah, um, that's good stuff. That's a, I mean, I think you realized after coming home, how much fathers sometimes miss being gone. 100%. Yeah. I got to have my first field day out, you know, and it was, <laughs> it was like that with child, you know, with the little ones, like, yeah. um, you know, their last day of school type thing. And yeah. I had never been to that before. Cause I was always, you know, Fridays or corporate America, it's meetings mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah. so, that does, um, that so does I think like that, prosperity. I think yeah. that's, I, that's how I think of prosperity, not monetary value, nothing like that. It's just family. That's bringing other yeah. Love it. I love it. Absolutely love all of this. And this is just such a beautiful full circle moment for me, Jen. I remember when you interviewed Lisa Bevere and said to her, just um, having a conversation with someone who you felt knew your heart so deeply already Mm -hmm. is how I feel today. And so thank you for sharing your wisdom and your story and transparency and humor with um, everyone who's listening to this and whose heart will be touched. And I know that people are going to want much more of both of you because Jason, I just learned you are now actually on social media and you found a really reputable coach who can help you with that process. Um, did you tell them my first? Did you tell them about my first Twitter thing? No. Oh. So she's talking about um, oh, your new yeah Fairway Finest okay. on Instagram. Oh. So the truth that is, Andy, I'll, I'll let you know the truth. Oh, it's his business partner that's on Instagram. So yeah. he's okay. still on Instagram, but. He did his first tweet the other day. I was going to say, I heard on the interview today that you talked about about your Twitter account. And so hilarious. I, you know, I love that he's not on social media because I'm on so much that (laughs) that's what I do for a job. It's nice to have that grounding, to have the opposite, you know? So yeah. So they can find me at jenniferallwood.com. I have the Jennifer Allwood show podcast. Um, We just hit 4 million downloads this week. So that was fun. Um, And Jennifer Allwood on also social media they can find you at go ahead jennifer allwood (laughs) (laughs) or uh fairway finest on instagram Fairway Finest on instagram Mm -hmm. and then uh what is my twitter name your twitter handle is just allwood because you've had it for so long but Mm -hmm. never used it that it's like one of those original twitter people like the one of the original twitter employees was a girl named claire and so her handle is just at Claire. And so she was like number 10 on the people that signed up for Twitter or something. So you must've been like number 12. It was like, it's just Allwood. I think it was like 2008. I don't know. But, and so it's hilarious to me that they can find you on Twitter. I love it. One tweet. You've got one tweet in a decade. Hey, you're doing great. There's a statement in minimalism. Let me tell you something that stands out. So (laughs) 
Anyway, thank you so much, both of you. I love you both and go connect with them and all of their goodness. Go buy Jennifer's books and get some nice golf wear for the guy in your life who's out on the fairways. And I just pray God's most prosperous blessings on both of you. And I love you. Thank you. Amy, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Elevated Podcast. You can find out more about me and the amazing guests on our show on my website, amyvanslambrook.com. And if you have a moment, we'd love to hear your honest review of the show because nothing lights my day up more than seeing your comments, your questions, your aha moments, because that's what this is all about. We want to elevate your thinking so you can elevate your life.